Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome back to another episode of the Madhouse Podcast. As always, I am your host, Mad Max. Today's episode, we're going to be talking about the Netflix documentary, the Netflix docu-series called Wrestlers. This is a uh, season, um, this is a season one series, basically. I'm not sure whether or not this is going to be a continued series or not, but, um, uh, the show is called uh, Wrestlers. It was created and written. It's written, directed, produced, everything by uh, Netflix and everything like that. And it basically is an you know uh, a real life a real life synopsis of a wrestling promotion in Louisville, Kentucky, by the name of um, Ohio Valley Wrestling, aka OVW. And a lot of people, when the when people hear the name OVW, they immediately think of the Ohio Valley Wrestling that started in 1999 and uh, was the foundation and the breeding ground for future WWE superstars like John Cena, Randy Orton, Brock Lesnar, Dave Bautista, Shelton Benjamin, and those guys like that. Now... Technically, it is because the original OE, the original OVW was created by Danny Davis in the early 90s. Uh, it was expanded upon in the late 90s, and it became the um, it became the uh, I want to say like the partner or the developmental territory for the WWE from 1999 to 2008 uh, um, it really wasn't the same after that I think because of the fact that a guy like Jim Cornette had bought a stake in OVW back in 99 and 2000 and everything like that and he was kind of the the spearhead of trying to get a uh he was basically trying to restock the shelves of the professional wrestling uh in during the WWE uh from the attitude era all the way into now but unfortunately this endeavor would only last probably about 10 years because in 2008 um actually it was in 2007 that WWE had launched Florida Championship Wrestling to serve as a new developmental territory in Tampa, Florida. And uh, after that, uh, it kind of... After that, it didn't really last much longer. Uh, OVW didn't anyway, because what's unfortunate is that OVW didn't last much longer after that. It lasted a lot longer as its own independent uh wrestling promotion tour as fcw kind of fizzled out after four or five years and then they relaunched it into what we now know is uh nxt but the show wrestlers basically stems from uh from i want to say from like the summer of 2002 to the end from like the whole basically the whole year of 2022 i don't know why it says 2002 but it centers around the people who work there, the people who are are who own the company, because it's owned, it's co-owned by Al Snow, who is a professional, who's a former professional wrestler. Well, technically, I would still call him a wrestler. Uh, you know, he's wrestled all over the world, many different promotions. You know, OVW, WWE, 
uh, ECW, you know, and things like that. But it's also ran by a guy named Matt Jones, who's part of the Kentucky Barstool of Sports and everything like that. And it's also run by, um, it's also run by uh, Craig Greenberg, who is the mayor of of uh, Louisville, Kentucky. So this it's only this this. This documentary is only like maybe seven, yeah, seven episodes long, and it basic every episode they center around different personalities within the WWE. Um, I think episode one focuses around it centers around Al Snow, and he's kind of uh, it tells him it's basically an inner, an origin story about how he bought the company from Danny Davis, and ever since 2018 he's been struggling to keep it open, especially with you know during the COVID years. And uh, everything like that. And then. Um, then. Episode 2. We meet the other owners. We meet. You know. Craig Greenberg. And, and Matt Jones. Who. Are are more wrestling fans. Than wrestling. Uh, personalities. You know what I mean. Like they're. They're outsiders. Who own. Who are coming into the wrestling business. And everything like that. And it kind of goes to show you. That they're looking at it. From a fan's perspective. Rather than an insider's perspective. Um. Episode three centers around Matt Jones's kind of, you know, uh, management styles is just kind of not really gelling well with the wrestlers there. Uh, episode four, they focus around their top guy. Um, I'm going to butcher this guy's name, but, uh, Mahabali Shara is the, the organ is, is the company's top babyface, and he's the world champion. And everything like that. And he's going into a match against. Um, he's going into a match. Uh, against Cowboy James Storm. Who was a much famous wrestler. Who had been wrestling in other companies. Like NXT. All uh, all Elite. Or, or AEW. And uh, even Impact Wrestling. And things like that. Focuses around that. And it focuses around. Some of the wrestlers uh, in the company who are starting to go to other promotions because Matt uh, Matt Jones establishes a relationship with OVW and AEW. So that's kind of where it all kind of goes from there. And then they focus a little bit more on one of their female talents by the name of uh, Hollywood, Hollywood Haley J. And she is a very polarizing uh She's a very polarizing figure, to say the least. You know, her character is very much like, uh, kind of like Steve Austin. Like you don't know where it, where it ends, where the character ends and the human being begins. And uh, you know that was kind of interesting to see that. And then episode five, uh, Haley works with her. Um, uh, Haley works with her mother, who is also a professional wrestler, and. Uh, things like that, but because of their tumultuous relationship, it bleeds over into reality, creating a great storyline. Episode 6, they're building up towards the big pay-per-view at the end of the summer in 2022, which is called the big one. And then, of course, uh, they're building up towards something. There's also a... um, There's also... A character by the name of Cash Flow. I honestly thought that was an actual, like, an, a legendary wrestler because he kind of looked like Barry Windham for some reason, 
but um, he was a wrestler that just kind of been around on the independence for a while, never really got a chance to be on the big stage, but had always kind of been the locker room leader, cash flow, leading the charge of the backstage of Ohio Valley Wrestling, and then the final episode centers around the big pay-per-view, you know, it's, this is like, you know, as independent wrestling as you could possibly get, you're wrestling in front of maybe a handful of people, because they were wrestling at car dealerships, which didn't have a whole lot of a turn, had a pretty big turnout, they had, they were wrestling at fairs, they were wrestling everywhere, and then the big pay-per-view was at the, the Davis Arena, where the turnout was probably, Instead of looking at maybe a couple of hundred people, now you're looking at five, six, seven hundred people. And uh, a lot of the people who, you know, when they started the relationship with uh, AEW, a lot of those wrestlers are taken back because, you know, when the re- now you're wrestling in front of tens of thousands of people, the, the you know, it gets bigger. The bigger the promotion, the bigger the audience is going to be. And I thought, you know, that was kind of cool to kind of, you know, everybody got everybody has got to get a chance to kind of sink their teeth into into something different, into something that could probably, you know, lead, lead to uh, greener pastures and everything like that. They even had clips of Al and a, a couple of the guys, or a couple of like the 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 behind the scenes staff, like the the management and everything like that, going to the event that was called uh, Ric Flair's farewell match. And if you guys watch that match. It's kind of depressing to watch. Here's Flair, like in his late 70s, trying to have a wrestling match. And it was him and Andrade versus Jeff Jarrett and uh, Jay Lethal. And, you know, that it looking at it from a wrestler's point of view, seeing Flair go out the way he did, one of the most iconic wrestlers of all time, and everything like that was really cool. But, like, watching it as a fan, you just realize, I don't know. And then now Flair is making appearances on... uh, AEW, but that's a whole other story, but this show was kind of cool, like, Al Snow had been, Al Snow, what he's heavily known for in WWE was the host and the head trainer for the, for the Tough Enough show, and it's because of Tough Enough that we got guys like um, The Miz and John Morrison and all those guys like that, you know what I mean, like, Al Snow trained those guys and took it very seriously, and he kind of got a little bit of a notoriety. And I always thought that this this series, this Netflix series called Wrestlers, was just them taking Al Snow, who had already been synonymous with, you know, kind of like reality wrestling and everything like that, uh, uh, and putting him, I don't want to say putting him, but, you know, following him as one of the co-owners of a of a rest of an independent wrestling promotion and everything like that. So I thought it was kind of like a, it was kind of like a little bit of a tip of the hat to the fans of the original tough enough series and everything like that, because the original tough enough series on MTV, uh, you saw Al snow. It was the, the combination of reality TV and professional wrestling. You got to see the guys train the guys and girls train in the ring, taking bumps and everything like that. And then now, Rather than seeing these young kids train and chase their dreams, you're watching these people who have technically already made it, and now they're part of an organization where they're on local TV, they're performing in front of crowds, they're making money and everything like that. It's not a lot of money. It's not WWE money, but it is, you know, it is a an honest way to make a living. And you see a lot of these superstars that they have in OVW that are just 
they're they're so layered, they're so committed to their craft, and every episode you get to meet one, and kind of goes back from there. Like you know, you got the uh, the Mahabali Shiras, the the Cash Flows, the Eric Darkstorms, the Hollywood Haley J, and you know you get to you get to establish a lot of that stuff. And then like I, I would say like the first couple of episodes, like the first three, I want to say are very dark because you're looking at a company who's like one bad show away from going out of business. And you know you know it's almost like. If you've ever seen the documentary, The Rise and Fall of ECW, or the WWE documentary, well, they're both WWE documentaries. The Rise and Fall of ECW was basically like a sugar-coated version of what ECW rose and came to be, and then eventually would, you know, fall into. But if you look at the, 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 if you look at the, uh, there's another documentary called Paul Heyman, ladies and gentlemen, my name is Paul Heyman, which is Paul Heyman telling that story. It's kind of like that. You know, you kind of got these wrestling promotions who are just barely hanging on by a string and they're still making enough, but barely making enough money to get by. And I think that's what Ohio Valley Wrestling has been doing for, I want to say, since 2018 when Al Snow took it over. Because between 2012 and 2018, it had kind of been its own thing, but... Danny Davis, you know, did make the announcement that he was trying to get out of the wrestling business, but he didn't want to close OVW. He wanted the the legacy to keep going. And, you know, I think Al Snow, especially with this show, Al Snow's done a really good job of keeping it alive for what it is. But he's completely honest with these guys. You know, he's completely honest with everybody. You may not make a lot of money here, but you'll get the experience and the exposure that you need to branch out. And, uh, you know, with the fact that some of these guys w- did go on to, you know, compete in um, in AEW and you know get on AEW television and things like that and get a fantastic payoff to you know to to feed their families and everything like that, it was that was something. You know, everything that Al Snow talked about in the original Tough Enough, he was the head trainer and the host of the show. To whereas in this uh, docu series, he's kind of like the boss. He's the one kind of the 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 one leading the pack. You know, he may not be the boss, you know, compared to like a Matt Jones or a, or, or a Craig Greenberg or something like that. But, you know, he's the one that's got the experience, that's been around the block, that's done everything you could possibly do in the wrestling business. So there's a lot of guys that kind of, a lot of the guys and girls do look up to him. to whereas they kind of look down on somebody who's, yeah, you're the boss, but you don't really have a say-so in here because, you didn't live, breathe, and die this business. So there's a little bit of that friction there and uh, things like that. But this was a pretty good, uh, uh, this was a pretty good docuseries. I will say that. I was blown away by it. I remember the show dropped in late September and I remember seeing the trailer for it and I thought it was like a, like a documentary about, you know, wrestlers and the independents and everything like that. Because back in the day, like in the 90s, there was a movie called Beyond the Mat that was very similar to what this was. But rather than follow one promotion, you're following a string of guys who either have already made it, who are making it right now, or who are trying to make it. You know, they followed guys like Jake Roberts who had been to the top and are slowly watching the spiral down. They centered around guys like Mick Foley who were wrestling in the main event with guys like The Rock and Steve Austin. Then they focused on guys like Paul Heyman in the later years of ECW, like in 99, 2000, right before they 
about to go out of business. Wrestlers, the Netflix series, is very similar to that. You got a guy like Al Snow who had, who's been doing this for a long time. He's made a career out of doing this both in the ring, outside of the ring, in front of the camera, behind the camera. You got a guy like Cashflow who's been around the block for so long, chasing his dream to to be to be a professional wrestler and provide for his family. And then you have somebody like, you know, a Hollywood a Hollywood Haley J who is in her early twenties but is already, you know, started to make a name for herself and already got years in the game and everything like that. So it's very cool seeing the evolution of a lot of that stuff in this show like this and in a lot of shows that center around wrestling and everything like that. Now, uh, wrestlers, the, the TV series was, it was, it was directed by, uh, uh, Craig Whiteley, who did last you, uh, if you're a fan of that show, that's a pretty good show. And he also last chance you, and then he also did the show cheer. Um, so, you know, it, it feels like that type of documentary. You know, when Netflix does those sports documentaries, it's really, really incredible. Now, it's not the same as like an Untold or a, um, uh, what's another one? Or like quarterback, like what they did with the NFL. Well, it kind of is kind of like quarterback. But, um, yeah, this docuseries was a really, really intense look at a struggling yet thriving independent wrestling promotion who... They're not on the WWE's level. They're not on AEW's level, but they are still wrestling in front of crowds and getting paid to do what they do. Now, granted, the production value may not be what it is, but a lot of those independent shows from back in the day, like a Ring of Honor, like an OVW, like an FCW, like Memphis Wrestling and all that stuff, you know, some of those wrestling promotions are still around. Hell, hell, there's one here in Houston. It's called a Reality of Wrestling. I think that one is owned by, it's owned and operated by Booker T. So that's always kind of cool to see. But um, yeah, if you're looking for something to watch on Netflix and you're a fan of wrestling, definitely give uh, wrestlers uh, a look at. It. It's seven. It's one season. It's seven episodes. I don't know if they've. Uh, this show came out this year, so there's no word on uh, whether or not this is going to be a continuation. Or if they're going to go into another developmental territory or into something different. Uh, I would like to see that. Like, I would like to see the show wrestlers, like the next, if they do another season, go into another promotion. You know, like an ROW, like, you know, like a, um, or even like a, uh, uh, an AEW or even a WWE and things like that. You know, go into more of a little bit of a, um, of a deep dive into the personal lives. Not necessarily into personal lives, but into a lot of what goes on behind the scenes and things like that because I've always been a big fan of that from like I said I was a fan of the original Tough Enough show and things like that but um it was cool to see that it was cool to see a series like this and always nice to see a familiar face in wrestling like a uh, a legend like Al Snow and everything like that so that was kind of cool um, but anyways, guys, that's going to go ahead and do it for today's episode. If you like the episode, be sure to follow the podcast on all podcast outlets, whether it's Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Pandora, Google Play, Odyssey, Reddit, wherever you're getting your podcast from. Be sure to follow the podcast on all social media outlets, Instagram and X, the Madhouse 21. Um, let me know what you guys thought about the, the show wrestlers on Netflix. 
Did you like it? Did you not like it? What did you think about it? Whatever the case may be, let me know. Instagram and X, the Madhouse 21. Uh, be on the lookout for more episodes as they come out. It is officially December 1st, so we will be starting to get into that holiday spirit with a couple of holiday movies. And we just watched one right now um, that I think is kind of interesting. I was going to cover it during Halloween, but not necessarily uh, Christmas. So it's kind of got that perfect blend of Halloween and Christmas. So uh, be on the lookout for that. Be on the lookout for anything and everything that comes out of this podcast. And of course, as always, be sure to embrace your inner madness.